throw it. Mm-hmm. Shit's about to get real. Welcome to episode 16 of Two Please. I am your host Abhin. And your co-host Rohit Rao. Okay, no. and, uh, <laughs> and I'm your co-host Rohit. <laughs> I'm keeping that in, by the way. <laughs> and on this week's episode, we're about to discuss the one man. <laughs> one man alone betrayed by the industry he loves a man who loves to explore things for no rhyme or reason a man who can't shoot in anything other than slow mo i am of course <laughs> referring to the man the myth the dude who thought it would be smart for am minors to become astronauts as opposed to astronauts becoming minors <laughs> i am of course talking about <laughs> michael bay <laughs> and on this week's episode we will be discussing Michael Bay and his love for clanking metal or as in some quarters known as metallic porn but to the general uh, populace these are the three transformers films starring Shia LaBeouf do you think uh, michael bay looks at zack snyder movies and it's that leonardo dicaprio pointing me it's like hey hey <laughs> i do that no what are like, you doing it's like why is that dialogue there there should be an explosion <laughs> <laughs> At random, you're going to hear two things on this episode. One, random explosions, because this is a Michael Bay podcast. Two, considering this is a Transformers podcast, every few minutes, you're going to hear Shia LaBeouf or, or me shouting Optimus at the top of our voice, because that's just how... <laughs> And me saying, no, 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 no. Pretty damn much. This is going to be a very random episode, because... Arun and I were discussing what uh, we were <laughs> kidding you not for this week's episode. The discussion began with John Pierre Melville and ended up with yeah. Michael Bay. <laughs> I think that is an episode in itself. How how two people went from John Pierre Melville to Michael Bay? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, both uh, both directors uh, having their own artistic integrity. I'm like, let's not let's not shit on Michael Bay. There are things Michael Bay does really well, and. um i can plug in a michael bay film if i have nothing else if i if i'm not going to pay attention and i just needed something on his background noise because it's it's very uncomplicated it's really dumb and in terms of spectacle very rarely is he matched um let's let's do let's do the nice thing let's start talking about the good things of michael bay as to what he uh what he gets right as opposed to what he does not get right which there is a laundry list of items with regards to that so Yeah, I mean, is there anything you like particularly about Michael Bay films? I only like one thing about Michael Bay films: <laughs> wide pan shots, excellent <laughs> wide pan shots. That is the only takeaway for me for from any Michael Bay movie. And Especially, also, you know those 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 revolving shots. He yeah, I was just the, I was just I was just about to get to that. The three sixty revolving shots where yes, the character yes. rises and the and he has like this three sixty revolving shot, yeah. and it's, he usually he sets up epic scenes, and he does. Uh, i've been i mean i was i was doing my research on this episode not today but several weeks ago because i anticipated this might be a thing in the future which is why i watched the three <laughs> transformers films on three separate weekends um but yeah apparently to work with michael bay it is absolute hell because he's always on set um running around giving instructions but it's always the same crew who keep coming back and he 
invariably picks the best names in the business pays them three times their rate and then obviously like bullies the hell out of them but they just keep coming back because they're like oh this is an experience we wouldn't have on any other set because michael is just like he's a little child playing with his toys um while creating a film does that make a coherent movie all the time no i would not agree but there are some really nice films i am case in point the rock which some can argue is a bond film by itself just by <laughs> uh, it's like michael bay's own bond film because you've got sean connery uh, and nicholas so cage so i've in michael bay's bond film nicholas cage <laughs> bond <laughs> and it's not sean connery but yeah. sean, but that the rock is such a fun film it's just people yelling at it each is, other from from yeah. from different corners of the room and I, i think that's the last time somebody he started he started taking he stopped taking notes because then bad boys came along and you can say whatever you want about bad boys bad boys 2 is a fucking insane film i i yeah. <laughs> the car chase sequence in bad boys 2 as of 2004 i had never seen anything like it um and it was just it was really dumb obviously there are, there's a whole sequence on on rats fucking for some reason because michael bay likes sex jokes um of but course. um but the chemistry that martin lawrence and will smith have in that film is is, is really nice um the humor sometimes obviously like as true to michael bay's style tends to skew terribly towards uh borderline pro- problematic some cases even falls stumbles over that line but bad boys 2 is such a blast <laughs> even if you wonder where bad boys 2 stands in like even amongst the film uh, the hardcore film group this the greatest example of it is is an is an example um edgar rights hot fuzz so hot fuzz is edgar rights tribute to michael way in my opinion because he even points it out he says what are we watching today simon peg asks nick frost nick frost's character and he says point break or bad boys 2 and there are explosions everywhere <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, is there yeah, uh, uh, are there any Michael Bay films that you have liked in the past uh, growing up which has now your opinion has changed on since? Oh, I mean, that that's all of Michael Bay for me. Michael mm. Bay caters to I think 12, 13 year olds mm. who have just discovered puberty and are are getting a taste for testosterone, for violence, for for girls and who clearly don't have the right idea of how to treat women <laughs> i think in that sense michael bay is still pre, uh, a, a kid in 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 the throes of puberty uh, so yeah i think any and all michael bay movies with the exception of probably the rock all of us have at a point in our life definitely enjoyed anyone who says they haven't is i wouldn't say they're lying uh, just sounds like you didn't watch the right set of movies growing up <laughs> uh, everyone's enjoyed a, a michael bay movie uh, at that point in their life but then you grow up and then you look back and you're like what the fuck <laughs> what was i into oh and i and, and uh, i have a i have a story about that like specifically about that what the fuck moment <laughs> and now and i will get to it but before we jump uh, into the film, the franchise we're discussing today i kind of want to put this out there because at some point roth and i will take this pro, uh, the show to youtube and i'm like if we have a, a, a loyal listener base even though it's small we have a loyal listener base if we get enough votes if there's enough requests for it when we launch that youtube channel we will start by doing a uh, a drinking game version of, a, a drinking game watch along of armageddon because there are there is an there are drinking games attached to armageddon <laughs> i have i i have a confession to make i have never seen armageddon all the way through 
I have Same. just yeah. So I just know that they send miners to space to like <laughs> drill an asteroid because <laughs> why? Why not? And why not? Yeah. So if once we the day we launch that YouTube channel, and if people want to see it, we'll set up a camera. We'll set up like a line of drinks that are not sponsored by anyone because we don't have sponsors yet <laughs> and and we will watch the show and you can dictate obviously very reasonably if you can watch it with us when and where we take shots if at all so yeah I, okay <laughs> i seem to have uh, signed up for it without my knowledge but okay <laughs> i mean consent is not a big thing on this podcast yeah i mean it's, it's michael bay michael bay of course yeah. have to do with it <laughs> my god i'm going to hell <laughs> But it's so anyway. Oh my god! Anyway, so let's get into it. So somewhere so we get into it. Just a yeah. disclaimer: while Abin has a very like a nice boy, good boy, he has watched the three Transformers movies over the last few weekends. I I think I watched the first one and part of the second one. I think midway through <laughs> the second, I was like, I think that's when that realization hit me. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my entire uh, what do i say preparation for this episode has been watching a 12 minute video on youtube <laughs> which recaps the first three movies so <laughs> i have only two things to offer this episode hot takes and random observations <laughs> <So> <laughs> let's go okay oh my god all right So somewhere in 2005 2006 Hasbro thought oh here's our biggest one of our biggest properties let's give it to Michael Bay to direct or <laughs> make a franchise out of it and I mean let's let's be honest it came with big names everyone talks about Transformers were directed by Michael Bay you know who exact produces uh Transformers no <laughs> it's it's directed by michael bay executive producer steven spielberg on all three i mean <laughs> uh, it's not great cinema but i think spielberg know when there's money to be made yeah no and i'm and, and spielberg is a big fan of bay is like for him it's kind of he kind of gave him his first break or mm. he's been one of bay's influential figures in in the industry for a very long time it's the one blemish on spielberg's career <laughs> for better or worse uh, yeah. I, mean, i mean but yeah so let's so Hasbro decided, hey, let's create a a movie franchise, especially in the '80s, where they, the given on the '80s property, which was huge, right? So the animated films in the '80s were yeah. uh, mm-hmm. cult classics. Some you have Galvatron in in the animated series, voiced by Austin Welles. Uh, Sentinel Prime in the original series was voiced by Leonard Nimoy, who. Orson Welles in the eighties is not a big name. I mean, <laughs> Orson Welles in the eighties were doing drunk commercials for random brands of champagne, so. He had a thing, right? But F, yeah, he had a documentary. The last thing he did, F for something. Yeah, yeah, F F for forgery, I think. F is for forgery. F for forgery. Mm-hmm. Or F for fake. Sorry. Yeah. F for fake. Yeah, that's that's the. Yeah. I just remembered. Yeah. Drunken mess, Austin Wells, but Austin Wells, nonetheless, Citizen Kane, Austin Wells. True, uh, true, true. Third man, all Austin Wells. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so there were like big names attached attached to that project, and fast forward twenty odd years later. We get a Transformers film with a pretty heavy star cast. Uh, we have Shia LaBeouf, who, who at, for us '90s kids and even 2000s kids, was pretty much in the cultural zeitgeist. He was in Even Stevens. He was in Holes, which is, in my opinion, a really nice Disney film. Yeah, um, yeah. And he was like, he was a household name even to us kids sitting here in India. 
you had uh, John Tert- uh, Tertro, who is who had just come off a great performance in Secret Window, and also Barton Fink more than anything else, right? Whose um, career is an enigma. Like he <laughs> works with the coin, but why the fuck is he doing this stuff? I don't know. You know, Francis McDormand is in the third one, right? Yeah, that was a revelation for me in the twelve-minute video. Like they just gloss over the fact that Josh Duhamel is standing next to Francis McDormand. Dude, you shouldn't even be in the same room as her. And what is she doing in this movie? John Malkovich is in the third one as well, but we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like in the the first film stars Bernie Mac, one of last one of Bernie Mac's last roles. Um, <laughs> another blemish on his career, but. Okay. This this episode is going to be fun <laughs> to edit anyway. Um, you have John Turturro, as I mentioned, Bernie Mac. Um, uh, who else is in that? I mean, okay, we'll take two names to start off with. Shia LaBeouf, obviously. Yes. Uh, and and, uh, and of course, like, I, how old were you when this film came out? Sixteen? No, uh, two thousand six. Fifteen years old. Sixteen, yeah, six, 15, sixteen, yeah, fifteen, sixteen years old. So yeah. up to this point, we had been like exposed to. Hollywood sex symbols, right? You had uh, your fair share along the way. In comes this uh, this hood popping um, eighteen, nineteen year old girl in in Megan Fox, and the entire world just sits back and goes, "What the hell is it? like? What in the world?" Slowly reaches for a box of tissues. <laughs> oh God, worth this this episode? How am I going to edit this? <laughs> <laughs> How Michael Bay found Megan Fox is very problematic, and what he made her do is even more problematic. She auditioned for him. She's in Bad Boys too. She's one of these dancing girls in Bad Boys too, and you can there are several YouTube clips where you can go find find her. She was in um, she was in this Lindsay Lohan movie uh, where she plays the antagonist, like she plays the Regina George of of that film, mm-hmm. and then she was in this uh, with with Shia LaBeouf. So legend has it that Michael Bay made her wash his car because mm. that's that's what he wanted. He's like, oh, Transformers, a movie about transforming robots from outer space. Megan, go. Can you go wash my car, please? <laughs> and yeah, so anyway, let's get back to the story of this film. Boy discovers his car is an alien robot and, and realizes he belongs to a family of explorers who have all gone mad trying to find some lost ship in the antarctic and it turns just so happens okay the lost ship in the antarctic uh, that his great great grandfather was on ended up stumbling into a a frozen version of megatron who they are hiding somewhere in a sector base and the decepticons that is the race the megatron so yeah okay a little bit on transformers transformers are split into two you have the autobots the good guys you have the decepticons who are the bad guys and uh, they both ruined their planet, Cybertron, and have been at war ever since. I have a question here about Cybertron. Hmm. Does Cybertron have a class system? I wonder. Do how- they have like okay? Because see, they they might they should have like regular transport elevators. Hmm. Are those machines sentient? And if so, are they like are they like the the scheduled cast of Cybertron? Like fuck you, you're an elevator. That's all you're gonna do. <laughs> Try and rise above your ranks. We'll quash you. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly what happened. The auto of yeah. was like communist Cybertron. Yeah. Like think about it. Like if you put it in India's context, Autobots are like the the, the Brahmins and Kshatriyas. 
like everything is for us decepticons are like okay they trying to decepticons are not the bad guys and that's that's now head canon for me okay. they are the ones trying to upend the system uh, uniting with the elevators in the cars of cybertron i think that's what led to the canon <laughs> demise i'm just trying to make this more interesting <laughs> i mean we uh, but anyway yeah so there's there's something known as the all spark or a, or a cube basically it's a cube and it's meant to be um a life source specifically which uh, to all those in cybertron it contains a vast amount of energon is what i assume and so there's a huge battle for it that takes place on earth now a lot can be said about the first film but the first film is genuinely entertaining it's probably i mean i guess this was the film they were like no michael you can't do this michael please michael hold hold just hold just hold back a little bit hold, just hold back just a little bit and you can see michael bin is restrained there are not enough explosions there's enough story taking place obviously you have this this rather uh, good looking uh, lead as well as shaila buff <laughs> <laughs> who must have clearly broken a world record for the number of nose one person can say it uh, yeah. in a in a particular minute no 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 oh no 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 embarrassed by what i'm seeing and more than anything else i can see what's ha- i can understand what's happening on screen there is <laughs> there is a plot <laughs> there is a semblance of a plot anyway and uh the jokes are not too bad the cgi okay for all of michael way's faults and i don't know what he said to the directors at ilm because ilm handled all three transformers films visually the films are insane because yeah. as of 2007 so also michael bay is a big fan of practical effects he likes to see a lot of stuff in camera so um he's blowing shit up in per- uh, in person in real life but obviously they animate around it and even that itself is very difficult to do the first film looks excellent though the transformations from obviously from uh, this from car vehicles to the uh, uh, to the ascented forms is is brilliant and even the battle sequences are are really nice from a visual standpoint and even from a general story um the first transformers is real is a is a fun is a fun ride yeah yeah it is a movie <laughs> it's a movie at the, at the very least we don't have to agree on no. this like <laughs> <laughs> no no it i mean jokes apart it's a it's a great visual spectacle again i'm mm. feeling deja vu because we've said similar things about snider mm. i think a lot of uh, the two i mean the, a lot of their movies have a lot in common in terms of their approach to filmmaking i don't think snider is anywhere as much of a creep as michael bay is but uh, one thing you can't fault them for is again not being fun so it is a great visual spectacle it's the story is a story so i mean it helps push the plot forward i guess that that's enough that's enough i think so hmm not a bad movie like you said i completely agree his cgi is ahead of the time hmm. um i don't think you see that 
level of CGI even in something like a, a Marvel Iron Man. Um, I think Marvel CG is very substandard. Generally, throughout yeah. throughout their films, even maybe up until Infinity War, I thought their CG was very substandard. You can tell it like it works on the big screen, but when you watch it on your laptop or on a smaller screen, you can tell like what CG, what's not. With the Transformers mm-hmm. films, maybe it's his his lighting. Um, um, I don't know what he he has going on at ILM, but it looks beautiful and that's the one thing i can never fault about michael bay films is that they they have this weird oversaturated color uh, color tone but visual from a visual standpoint i have zero complaints i think they're just they're really good good looking films so to speak yeah yeah um so yeah it's got that going for it and as problematic as it is um megan fox does add whatever she's supposed to add to the movie mm. it makes i'm sure for a, a section of the audience it keeps them continuing to watch the movie and probably the subsequent movie the second movie as well so i think michael bay knows his audience he's not looking to cater to people who have criterion collection cds at home <laughs> he he knows his audience he knows exactly who he's catering to what they need to stay hooked and he delivers on those fronts but yeah in terms of world building storytelling i mean yeah obviously cybertron sounds bad shit insane <laughs> and uh, also i feel i can sort of predict where michael bay stands on the whole immigrant issue because the way i i saw it at least in my 12 minute recap <laughs> was that the 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 autobots and the transformers the autobots and decepticons to my understanding were like immigrants <laughs> who have taken asylum on earth and clearly it's not working out for earth right that's michael bay's larger message like fuck these guys in peril america first michael bay michael bay is clearly a trumper i mean that's oh. that's what i took away from the recap more than anything else i don't know if that was what it meant to convey that that's where i stand on oh my god where michael bay's beliefs lie but uh, So yeah other than that it's a it's a movie <laughs> so so this is <laughs> okay michael bay's alleged alleged immigration <laughs> um ideas aside <laughs> there are a couple of things there are there are a few seeds that are planted in this film that get that give rise to some really bad shit than <laughs> in the following two films I think let's let's get to uh, but before we get to is there anything else you want to add? I thought Shia LaBeouf was actually really nice in this movie. There was he's irritating, but he, I mean he they kind of dial him back a little bit. Like have you have you seen Shia LaBeouf watching the three films? No. <laughs> On the contrary, I feel Sam Witwicky is a closet coke addict. Could be actually yeah actually you could be. But then I, I mean, watched he's if that's dialed back Shia. I mean I don't know. what he consumes for food every day he the energy of the character is a little grating for me but i guess i don't know i mean i don't know what purpose that energy served for the movie but uh, that i mean that's my takeaway i kind of found him a little irritating but yeah i mean i i i have very little i have very few positives to say about the movie i'm sorry <laughs> Okay. I'm struggling. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> if you thought that, thought that was bad. Oh, I have some news for you, my son. <laughs> let's let's fast forward to 2009, where 
obviously transformers make the first film makes a shit ton of money like a shit yeah. ton of money hasbro is selling toys um uh, by the dozen and um, obviously the studio green lights paramount i think yeah, paramount green lights uh, transformers 2 and i think the script gets submitted or like the script is written around the time of the writer strike between 07 to 08 which was a huge thing and a lot Would of it have made a difference <laughs> i'm getting to it <laughs> because okay okay <laughs> because we we gave quantum um some of like i mean we gave quantum some of a, a bit of a pass because of yeah because yeah. of the similar situation so i will attempt to give winter the fall and a, a similar pass now 2009 i was 18 years old and i was about to go into into college and i'd seen the reviews for revenge of the fallen before i went to watch the movie and it the first transformers is about 57 58% on rotten tomatoes which is fine reasonable i would tend to watch a film that's in the high in, in the high 50s so sometimes even like the early 50s late uh, high 40s transformers 2 when it came out was at 27% and i was like oh okay <laughs> and i remember specifically reading a p travers review and he called it an incoherent mess you have no idea what's happening on screen so i went in i finished the movie and i came out and i texted said friend of the podcast saying the critics have no idea what they're saying this movie fucking is fucking amazing <laughs> cuz i had in, as as an 18 year old i had a blast with that film i didn't go there expecting anything amazing i just went in there thinking i was like oh and i from a visual standpoint what i was un- seeing unfold on screen um there's this whole sequence where optimus is fighting decepticons in a forest and it was so good and this and i i was running high on adrenaline i think that's what michael bay hopes that and his audience just yep. tends tends to uh, like will hopes that it will ultimately end up carrying his audiences through his films and i was like oh this is great i watched it multiple times after on like on my little ipod and i was like oh this is this is fun fast forward a few years late some sense has prevailed i'm like i need to see why everyone thought was it was a shitty film i couldn't get past the first 10 minutes and i was like what was i thinking <laughs> because oh my yeah. god revenge like you know you have those movie opinions that swing and i guess we've all had that with something or the other um, that's an interesting podcast episode by the way we should we should think about that we should but, um but revenge of the fallen is just the more you think about it the more that film falls apart there are he reuses shots from the first film he uses shots from do you know, do you know why the Do you know why the film doesn't fall apart any further for me? Because I give it no thought. <laughs> But okay. <laughs> Sorry, what's <laughs> it? Oh my God! Last week's episode, he was like going on monologues. This week, he's like del- <laughs> delivering stingers. Ta ta ta! Explosion! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, okay. But he was saying he reuses shots. He reuses shots. He reuses shots from the first film. He reuses shots from Armageddon. <laughs> he may have reused shots from Pearl Harbor. I have no idea how, but it's there. It's like 
there'll be like an aerial view and they'll be like he'll have put meteors coming in there he'll have put so he removed the spaceship and put a meteor coming in and there are, there are literally places in the film oh. where you you where the army base has like these massive computer screens some of them have green screens that attached to them like they didn't bother animating it <laughs> <laughs> now okay let's give revenge of the fallen its props visually excellent no complaints whatsoever there is a whole sequence that takes place regarding a, a, a hybrid transformer not even a hybrid transformer it's just it's the transformer is called devastator which basically is consuming a pyramid and it looks insane <laughs> like i watched it recently and i wanted to see how the animation held up it looks absolutely insane but once again mean, consuming a pyramid i mean you can't just skip past that what does that mean as in it's got like this little uh, it it basically su- it's suctioning off a pyramid so it <laughs> this this it it's three mini transformers that build up to a big one so inside the pyramid is some energon source which they need to use to harvest the sun because movie plot and okay so this this thing is consuming is like and it visually excellent shot but michael bay just can't help himself and that brings me to my next point the humor in this movie oh my god oh my fucking god pick pick a stereotype it's in there let's go I know there are two jive characters. Yes. Oh my god. Like <laughs> Even when I watched it the first time I was like that joke is that is totally not funny. And then there is this little transformer humping Megan Fox's like who wanted to see a transformer humping Megan Fox's leg but it's there. There are leg. the leg. There is a whole sequence where Sam Witwicky's mother gets high on pot brownies at Princeton. Why? Why did I have to why? see this? Why? Then there is an additional third character who never makes a comeback. He's in this one film. This guy called Leo. He single-handedly drags the film down every time he's on screen. Every time he opens his mouth, he drags the film down. I don't know why he was even there. So I'm going to spoil Rage of the Fallen because because fuck this. Um, the Transformers series periodically in in the past have used this plot device of killing Optimus Prime. to create some sort of uh stakes for the other autobots uh, to combat and they do this in this in in this film there's a, a wonderful mm-hmm. sequence where um optimus is taking on a bunch of decepticons in a forest and still holds up and then he's he's backstabbed and uh, by by megatron who suddenly brought to life by a shard of the all spark the thing that killed him in the first fucking movie but who who's remembers the plot of the first film not nobody yeah, michael bay yeah. just why um, i think he's only forgotten <laughs> possibly <sighs> and he oh yeah i forgot then anyway and now sam has to like battle the odds and he has to go back and and talk to john turturro's character once more because john turturro signed up for a three film project and let's so i, I remember when i was talking about the devastator sequence and him suctioning off the pyramid there is an entire gag i can't and i michael bay must have gone to uh, ilm and been like hey i want this thing to have balls because i have a joke in the script for it specifically so there are these two like uh, wrecking balls that are meant to signify 
the transformers balls and it's okay. <laughs> and it's rendered in in like <laughs> like devastating fashion apparently Loving 60 fps testicles <laughs> exactly uh and apparently ilm burnt a set of computers that were trying to render this film they went up in smoke they they if you if we had to in render computer, like fuck this i'm not animating this <laughs> if you had to render revenge of the fallen on, on a system a regular system such as systems that we have it would have taken 3000 years so <laughs> the amount of vfx shots imagine then yeah and can you imagine what all humanity has achieved in 3000 years <laughs> here we have okay <laughs> there is a whole shot there because john turtles character has to say i am directly beneath the enemy's scrotum they had to animate that what is the joke so he is calling that, that line is the joke that line is the joke so there's is, no pun there's no like double nothing i am directly beneath the enemy's scrotum basically so he because this is because michael bay he intercepts some armada hiding somewhere in in the, in the chinese sea which is in uh, which is in close proximity to where they are or not chinese is somewhere in is somewhere close to where they are because they're in africa at this point and um, it's all china at the end of it anyways <laughs> this isn't it movie 4 is and i would, i I, the, I, <laughs> i have a reason why i haven't brought up movie 4 and 5 i'll t- i'll talk about it at the end of this episode <clears throat> he just intercepts a signal and decides hey why not you just fire this random bolt of uh, energy against a pyramid <laughs> because there is a there is a decepticon attacking it this guy the guy who's manning that weapon has no uh, i mean he has no uh, authority whatsoever but because john turtle yells at him he does it anyway <laughs> i was like wow wow <laughs> this movie is great also <laughs> also tyrese gibson is in this film because he had at this time at this point he had two cash cows which, that were killing it uh, they had just discovered that fast five i mean he was just about to get fast five and that was going to be the cash cow that fed him through the 2010s <laughs> but in this movie tyrese gibson has one job <laughs> to summarize each scene <laughs> Yes. Oh, he's the expo man. He's the expo man. So there'll be there's this one guy who is meant to be Francis McDormand in this film, and he'll come and he'll he basically is an asshole. And as he leaves, Iris Gibson will conclude the scene by saying that guy was an asshole. And then just in case it wasn't apparent, <laughs> just it wasn't clear enough. And then they're, they're getting attacked by like Decepticons, and Iris Gibson says, "We're sitting ducks here." and so he's <laughs> and then the decepticons leave some uh, deliver some doomsday message that doesn't sound good <laughs> okay i want to know more about the the girl that obviously she's not she, spoiler alert whatever but uh-huh. she is a decepticon but who, oh yes of who, course why why is she yeah, why is she in the movie first i mean first of all she can't act for shit <laughs> when she was eventually revealed to be a decepticon decepticon i was like thank god that cannot be a human like no human can be that flat and emotionless so it's like when it was a decepticon i was like yes she's a decepticon yes it's the one thing in the movie that makes sense <laughs> and uh, i remember watching that i remember being vindicated with that and uh, generally the, the point you made about humor and not just humor the dialogue in michael bay's movies has michael bay met another human being like has he ever interacted with other people 
who the fuck writes shit like that dude like who how is he okay with lines like those in his movie they don't either they're expo or they're juvenile jokes or they're just random lines that fall flat okay so i feel like we have jumped all over the place but this makes no sense. it's perfectly fine given it's a michael bay movie but let's let's like for the sake of continuity start at the beginning so there's this huge sequence in shanghai and it's in within the trailer that first popped of this huge transformer like devastating a highway and obviously the autobots are sent in to um get rid of it and when optimus finally defeats him because optimus prime he delivers that autobot that decepticon delivers a message saying uh this is not your planet to rule the fallen will rise again and so the fallen the big bad in this uh, in this series is one of the older primes so apparently the primes are a race that basically ruled ruled cybertron the fallen was anakin skywalker in, in his who, who mm-hmm. turned bad and decide, and generally what the primes would do is they would go from planet to planet in a and harvest suns to get energon but they had one rule that they would not go to a planet with life on it the fallen decided that's bullshit we are a superior race uh, we um, lives life forms below, beneath us have no meaning anyway and for that he was ostracized and so the, so apparently the only the reason optimus prime is bumped off so early in in this in this film is because only a prime can kill the fallen and which is why the decepticons uh, organize a coup to separate optimus from the rest of the autobots and they ultimately get him so to this point the movie makes sense but what they pepper it with in the middle is my problem so sam witwicky is going to prince is going to princeton and obviously he's deciding whether to continue his relationship with megan fox whose intro shot in this film is her sitting on a bike poor megan fox she actually pointed this out she said i had lines in that in that shot I had a whole conversation going on with um, with shaya's character but what they ended up using was just this ridiculous shot of uh, her behind while she's painting something onto a bike but okay fine i'm guessing that day on said michael was like want to do lines yeah sure you do the do all the lines you want i know what i'm using so and then sam gets to college we mentioned his mother and then rain wilson is in this movie and his character screams sexual predator he's supposed to be this hot shot professor and he's just so fucking creepy he this is where uh, sam who's touched a piece of the cube he was holding the whole damn cube in the at the start yeah. uh, in, in the last film he was fine but in this one he touches his liver and starts seeing shapes and <laughs> shapes and like visions so he has a big freak out in class goes and draws energon symbol says einstein was wrong this newton was wrong and then rain wilson says young man i will not be punked in front of the dean bro was that so you can say like really like you can launch double entendres off at your students in front of the dean but if somebody has a, has a freak out you say i will that's the one thing you won't tolerate what the fuck i'm generally very worried about the way princeton treats its students having watched that movie there's <laughs> another part where he has one another of these visions and there's a cake in front of him yeah and he he starts what can only be described he starts having what can only be described as an epileptic fit mm. and he starts drawing some symbols with the cake mm. the party is going on around him that that decepticon girl just walks i mean 
okay she doesn't have reason to react she knows what's happening mm. there's people literally 2 feet away from him drinking they're seeing this dude have a fit he's like eyes are rolled up he's shaking he's drawing random shit they're like yeah princeton man like oh that's just i mean if you go to if you check out barstool uh, on instagram that's just like a tuesday so <laughs> that's for for most american colleges <sighs> anyway Princeton refused to be associated. They didn't let them shoot on campus, yeah. so they shot at some. Um, I, I can do that bit again. There's some audio delay. So Princeton refused to um, let them shoot on campus. They shot someplace else, and they kind of hinted that he was going to Princeton. And rightfully, Princeton is allowing transformers to be shot on campus. They've hit dire straits financially. <laughs> what Ivy League? What money? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, But yeah, that's still not the most embarrassing thing, right? The mother's sequence scene is the most embarrassing thing. She's like, "I picked some brownies, some white man with dreadlocks." Oh, this movie is so racist. This movie is so so racist. The second half of this film, for some reason, <laughs> they take them to Egypt, and Shia LaBeouf at this point, while filming, uh, gets into a car accident with uh, with the uh, with the Terminator woman, and <laughs> breaks his hand. And so they have to write that into the script. So he's fractured. Oh. Not one or two things. He almost lost an eye because uh, there was a sequence where he was running and a canister exploded, and he fell. And then the the onset doctor went looked looked over him and said blind blindness. Um, and but he regained his vision in. <laughs> I'm just imagining this doctor to be. <laughs> Sorry, Italian. It's like Shia LaBeouf. You <laughs> almost lost an eye, LaBeouf. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> okay, continue, dude. I'm telling you, this is only this is my only contribution to this episode. It's fine. Okay, let's anyway. So Optimus dies, and because they need somebody else to explain the plot to them. they bring in jetfire who is one of the old he's one of the old transformers hiding somewhere in the smithsonian and he tells them you have to he transports them to egypt for the sake of the plot <laughs> so this point and i assume so simmons in, in in this scene which simmons character which is uh, john turturro has one line in in this film where uh, he i think he tries to be the audience where uh, this guy is going on off on going off on this big monologue um, of exposition so simon says let's not get episodic okay old timer beginning middle end facts details condense plot tell it <laughs> <laughs> this is a witty fourth wall breaking line yeah and i was like when that happened even when i watched the first time i'm like oh this guy evidently doesn't give two shits about the plot <laughs> <laughs> yes but then they have to like they have to get the matrix of some the, they have they have a matrix here which only presents itself to the um uh, to someone who is true so they end up doing an indiana jones they go to uh, the city of petra right you're asking me i don't know no what is the city called in jordan yeah petra petra right yeah <laughs> <laughs> why are you asking me? I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. They go to the city of Petra, and I'm like, oh, he's about to ruin Indiana Jones for me again. But let's do this. 
ബസ് ഡിസെപ്റ്റോൺസ് and as he's running there are explosions happening everywhere there are aircraft trying to take the decepticons out decepticons are trying to take um sam out they've brought his parents and they're holding them ransom <laughs> eventually the as sam is about to make it to optimus a decepticon decepticon gets like gets him by which i means he shoots the ground near him sends sam flying and everyone thinks sam's dead when he's having a fever dream <laughs> where he's interacting with with the, with the, with the ancient primes who tell them the the matrix of destiny is is earned not not taken and they send him back they bring him back to life he comes back to life takes the all spark plugs it into optimus's chest and optimus is back back to life Dude, this sounds like some pyramid scheme pun <laughs> intended <laughs> oh yeah this is the best part though the fallen is chilling on some pyramid trying to harvest this thing and because uh, he comes and steals the matrix and fucks off and then jetfire who was our exposition overlord says optimus take my parts you can become uh, for the sake of hasbro producing more toys <laughs> take my parts and you will receive a power like any other uh, like no other they take all of jetfire's parts put them onto optimus optimus gets a weapon upgrade and within a minute the battle is over he run, flies up to the pyramid shoots the fallen down uh has this insane bat like this taekwondo esque sequence with megatron where he shoots him in the head and then r- proceeds to rip the fallen's face off <laughs> like he Hardcore, takes dude. he takes the fallen spear bends it pushes it inside his head twists it and then pulls it uh, and pulls his skull off then puts his hand through the fallen explodes him from within and the fallen like collapses into a a, a heap of dust and uh, i mean of metal and lava this sounds like michael bay's wet dream <laughs> okay <laughs> he even says i rise you fall mm. and then megatron says uh, no and this is probably one of the the, the more clever lines in the film because megatron's sidekick star scream who is meant to be this blithering servant very much like like grandma worm tongue so to speak and uh mm. oh yeah megatron of course voiced by hugo weaving who had come forth <laughs> was just pay checking his way through this oh, wow. mm. anyway yeah, uh, yeah. starstream has this really nice line where he says not to call you a coward master but sometimes cowards do survive and 
and then they and then uh, because because sequel uh, they say this isn't over and they fuck off and of course optimus delivers some f- a final telling line just he has to conclude the film because peter carl's voice is amazing um, mm. and yeah of course there are two <laughs> then it, it ends with a new divide which you hear a lot of in like it's it's very prevalent in the soundtrack so linkin park had two songs one they released because of uh, global warming or because of, of environmental pollution but somehow decided to make its way into a transformers film became a monster hit uh, which was for the first film uh, what i've done and then they had new divide for the second film which was an even bigger hit much the same chords but it's still it's still a really fun, still a really fun song <laughs> like mon who's a friend who's a friend of the podcast was like bro what the fuck is the same song he's playing over and over again. <laughs> yeah the third film has a very boring song i don't I, i'm not a big fan of it descent but let's kill it um, you have any other thoughts on revenge of the fallen because it, it is a dumpster fire that maybe i i i can watch in parts specifically like the the set pieces that take place because they're really good they he blows up a lot of shit ilm in my opinion top of their game i haven't seen a film replicate those kind of um, visual effects in a very long time yeah that's pretty much besides that everything else sucks and this movie should crawl back to the hole it came from um yeah in terms of thoughts on the movie i have none okay <laughs> Okay, Revenge of the Fallen. From from Revenge of the Fallen, Michael Bay received a lot of criticism, and he said, "Yes, I know the film wasn't great, and I will take notes, and I will make a better film in Dark of the Moon." He's not wrong. Dark of the Moon is a better film, but it is also really boring for the first fifty minutes of this movie. You are absolutely bored to tears, and it's the one thing I could never. like accuse revenge of the fall revenge of the fallen for being revenge of the fallen is an incoherent mess but it's a f- it is a non-stop incoherent mess you can't be like i'm bored it's more about are oh, my senses the assault the assault please stop with regards to dark of the moon there's there's a nice joke in there where uh, some of this guy's transformer friends are watching uh, a tv uh, an episode of star trek and Uh, this like oh, and then one of them says oh i remember this episode this is the episode where spock goes crazy so <laughs> which is a nice not to But transformers are watching star trek yeah and it's an episode they like oh i remember What this the fuck is happening <laughs> i remember But, i mean how did we come from jean pierre melville <laughs> to this dude <laughs> but the joke is funny. okay Okay. Okay. And they're like, "Oh, this is the episode where Spock goes nuts," which is basically the plot of <laughs> Dark of the Moon, because Sentinel Prime is voiced by Leonard Nimoy, who is obviously oh, okay, who is obviously mm-hmm. famous for for playing uh, Spock in in the Star Trek mm-hmm. series. Um, but okay, uh, before I jump into this, you have thoughts? Any thoughts? Oh yeah, we should before you jump into it, I must add. Megan Fox was not brought back for this one because she said working with Michael Bay is like working with Hitler and they fired her for it or not or basically it wasn't Michael Bay who fired her it was Steven Spielberg who fired her because Steven uh, Michael Bay probably was like yeah she's right I mean, I'm anti immigrant time 
But Spielberg is not <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah. Spielberg, like, I made Schindler's list. You can't do that shit. <laughs> oh, man. The man, the man who made Schindler's list is, is high as an actress that says, oh, working with Michael Bay is like working with Hitler. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? So, yeah. so they, they dump her for it and they replace her with Rosie Huntington Whitley, who has two acting credits to her name. She has this. And she yeah, has. I think it's just pushing it, but. I mean, it's a credit nonetheless. She has two credits to her name. Two credits. She has this. And do you know which other movie she's in? I, I know, but I can't recall. She's which in. Which one? Arguably, inarguably, the much better film, the second one. Hey, Mad Max. Of yes, course. of course, yeah. She's in, she's in Mad Max Fury Road. She's one of. Immortal. Um, yeah, Immort- yeah, Morton Joe's, uh, Morton Joe's wives. So Rosie Huntington Whitley is in this film, and for whatever she's given, she she does a well enough job. Uh, I was I, I was listening to Mr. Sunday Movies, who's like this really fun YouTuber who who did recaps of of he does recaps of all of the Transformers films, <laughs> and he and his co-host keep saying, "Why are we still here? Why are we watching this? Why are you doing this to me?" <laughs> I echo the sentiment. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It's, it's it's for the people. I, today I received feedback saying I'm I'm not sure if your podcast is very nerdy. I was like, oh please, you listen to our episodes. We talk about chakalaka boom boom. Rohit and I have a theory. We do two for them, one for us. So yeah, yeah. Um, this is not the one for us. I assure you. <laughs> this is very much for them. Uh, but okay, the office was big around this time. I'd like to say this was. 2011. Yeah, yeah. The office was everywhere. They yeah. tried to incorporate an office segment into this film. So Shia LaBeouf is searching for a job. He's down, down on his luck. Uh, the Autobots are have said uh, after chasing him in the last movie, are now playing hard to get. Um, they realize the Autobots realize that they've been lied to. That when Neil Armstrong, <laughs> when Neil Armstrong went to the moon, he didn't go. <laughs> to the moon as a mission it was just a side mission so they they could go discover a spaceship on the dark side of the moon so <laughs> i'm just looking at Rohit's face while i'm recording this and he has no words yeah continue continue on. <laughs> i mean you already told me about the the ns john harvester <laughs> so no if, if that makes it worse I have something else for you. Buzz Aldrin okay. is in this movie. <laughs> like the guy Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> the, the astronaut Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> After watching the final cut, you would probably be like, please shoot me into space. <laughs> no, can you imagine? Because Buzz Aldrin is, is acting to obviously what I would assume is a tennis ball or something, right? <laughs> because... Um, yeah, like when you... in the space, like on the moon scene. No, no, he's... Actual Buzz Aldrin shows up. Oh, okay. Uh, and... He's in like a hangar talking to Optimus Prime. Fuck. Okay. Anyway, Optimus Prime is upset yeah. that the, is upset that the garment lied to him because there's some strange plot happening. Aww, in, welcome it, to reality, Optimus. There's there's some strange plot happening in in Ukraine in Chernobyl where there is. Um, where Shockwave is hiding, who's obviously because they have to bring in a new transformer into this into this film. Really nice sequence, but why are they in Chernobyl? Because I don't know. Russian spies, I guess, Cold War nonsense. Um, mm. 
and that and there, there was a whole project the team that discovered this um, spaceship on the moon have, are all being knocked off one by one who has knowledge of it and optimus goes up there and realizes that um, he knew he knows that sentinel prime ship and they have some sort and they have the pillars they have some five pillars that would that you would need to provide energy which would probably bring back cybertron i don't know so the three films they just want to bring they back cyber keep making this shit as they go huh? <laughs> yeah basically like i like the more i say it think and more like, i think about think it. about the writer okay i am stuck here what are they going to do on the ship he is looking around he probably pillars yes you <laughs> need five pillars <laughs> let's go ah uh, okay and so they go revive sentinel prime and meanwhile the decepticons are hatching a plot somewhere uh trying to bring bring cybertron back and kill the autobots in one swift move patrick dempsey shows up in this movie he is there because michael bay one day said hey why don't you want to want do you want to be in the movie and he said sure <laughs> they cast him probably he's like you're in grey's anatomy do you want to be in bay's anatomy <laughs> <laughs> explosion <laughs> <laughs> This movie has the biggest star cast of the three You have Shia LaBeouf You have I like how you keep referring to Shia LaBeouf as a star for three movies straight <laughs> Let's give the man his dues Mm He's a dickhead, but he was the star. Um, so you have Shia LaBeouf, you have Francis McDormand, <laughs> Coen Brothers Francis McDormand. You you have John John Turturro, Coen Brothers John oh, Turturro. How far have you gone? How far have you gone <laughs> from Fargo? <laughs> <laughs> how far can you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm. so he went well coen brothers john turturro as as cuz oh brother where art thou what Bart- has happened to thou <laughs> barton fink also right he was barton fink yeah mm. buzz aldrin <laughs> because what what are you doing in this movie buzz aldrin <laughs> Oh man the pension stopped clearly Patrick Patrick Dempsey <laughs> and and CGI JFK there is a, so they have two scenes one they have a body double JFK the other they have done facial restructuring of JFK and this is 2011 so that tech is not as advanced Wait, why is JFK there because they're talking about the moon landing which was in 69 JFK was a skeleton at that point <laughs> So when was when was when was the space race happen? I mean the race happened Sputnik was 57 so 57 through 69 ha ah, basically okay, that, way. Uh, that way so um JFK is there and, and then the Russians have like discovered that something's on the uh, on the moon so JFK and then the satellite images show that uh, anyway I think, do, I think this is a, this is a good time for me to break out my theory on uh and another analogy that i kind of picked on during my uh <laughs> during the same 12 minute video <laughs> okay go for it is that uh, sentinel is osama bin laden 
Okay, fuck. So, let, let, hear me out. So, basically, Earth is Afghanistan. Uh, the Decepticons are um, Russians, Russian communists. So, during the seven, uh, late 70s, if you know, Afghanistan had this whole Russians invaded Afghanistan. Mm. And the US backed local militia, the Afghan uh, mm. militia to rise up and fight The Mujahideen, yeah. Yeah, the Mujahideen. Mm. The Mujahideen. So, Autobots are the Mujahideens, Decepticons are the Russians, Earth is Afghanistan and eventually the, the Mujahideen turned on its creators. USA is mankind and mm. Sentinel is Osama Bin Laden. This isn't the first US uh, war theory I've heard because I watched after watching Guardians of the Galaxy, Falah called me and said, uh, this is basically the US-Iraq war all over again. And I was like, oh, wow. That. Yeah. I mean, he's not mm. wrong. Mm. Oh, man. But yeah. But, hmm. Okay. So, Sentinel is Osama. That's my takeaway. <laughs> Please tell me one Sentinel dies, they throw him in the ocean. Does, is that what happens? Because if it does... I mean, why? Osama was thrown in the ocean, his body. They threw Megatron in the ocean in the first one. And then they revive him from the ocean in the second one. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, I'm imagining zombie Osama. Anyways, let's, let's move on. <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, How have we come from Jean-Pierre Melville to Zombie <laughs> Osama when I blame you? <laughs> ah, but okay. But then turns out Sentinel is all about reviving Cybertron. But here comes the twist. Kahani made twist. Sentinel wants to revive Cybertron on planet Earth, which the Autobots are like, no, Sentinel. But Sentinel is like, I have had to make a deal with the Decepticons. And this is this is the only way. And thus begins this onslaught on the city of Chicago. And the second half of this film is, is fun because it's just the first 50 minutes that make it unbearable. Like the first hour and 30, I'd even say. Maybe because this, this movie is long. This is like two hours, 30 long. And I remember catching myself, uh, checking the time when I watched it in the theater. And I was like, how long? How long have we been here? Okay, this definitely feels like the third act. But no, it's just a prelude to the third act. And... Bold of you to assume Michael Bay has acts in his movie, but okay. I just, I just, I hope, I hope, I just hope one day Michael Bay will follow structure. Mm. But, but no, I'm, I was gravely mistaken. There is this entire sequence on on a building that's falling, and Shockwave is burrowing through it while these guys are hanging off of it. Very impressive. Looks great. All well and done. And. Once again, um, auto, they, they bounce the Autobots off for a bit in this film because they don't have budget. And they say, oh, the Autobots are dead. When you And everyone and everyone's dog clearly knows that the Autobots are going to come back. Why use it as a plot point makes no difference. Maybe you should have put them in holding cells or something. Because then you'd have known. Because you, how are you going to bump off the main character in the series? The Autobots come back and they begin this reclaim of the city of Chicago. So it becomes this guerrilla warfare movie in the last act. There's this guy. And then, yeah, basically Sentinel Prime dies. And Sam gets a job. Which was what mattered all along. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just three movies building up to his employment. (laughs) Basically. Also, Patrick Dempsey's evil in this movie. His dad made a deal with the Decepticons and he's just... Carrying on the legacy. Make of that what you will. 
Man, I'm just hearing more and more outlandish lines coming out of your mouth. <laughs> like, with every passing installment of this franchise, but okay. While shooting this movie, um, some really fucked up shit happened. Um, they were hiring... They didn't, they didn't hire stuntmen for certain scenes. The, the people, the crew were working on this film were given $25 a day to perform the stunts. And if you've seen Michael Bay's movies... <laughs> Uh, so every day Michael Bay just goes and said like today you you and you and it <laughs> want to do the stunts it, it backfired spectacularly because there was an actress like who was performing a stunt and a steel wire went through her car windshield I mean a steel rod went through her car windshield and it caused her a massive brain injury so she she's no longer the same obviously like she it, it ruined her life ruined her family's life they, they won they won a lawsuit for 18 million or something but how is that going to change anything? Just yeah, yeah. On set, I assume this has happened. It happened once to the the stunt double in Harry Potter as well. But yeah, so he he received a lot of money for it, and now he does talks, and he's just he's just all around amazing guy. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, Michael Bay dickhead because obviously, like of what happened. So I don't that this movie is marred by that incident. Um, I'm not. I can't watch it in good conscience because I know of what of what happened to certain people behind the scenes while filming. But yeah, I think again, I've already said what I had to say <laughs> about the movie. <laughs> they should have had the finale in Kabul. They would have completed it, brought it full circle. But anyways. Don't that's my only regret with the movie they I mean among it, other regrets not my only regret and they took it to one desert they were not going to take it to a desert in this for a second time <laughs> still wondering why the fuck were the primes in Petra anyways why am I wondering <laughs> let's move on but yeah Petra primes aside but, uh-huh. but this was the end of the Sam Witwicky trilogy I mean he yeah. got a job that's it and, and this movie made a billion dollars so make of that what you will Every day I lose more faith in humanity. <laughs> okay, so before we end this episode, I very quickly want to talk about the two other <laughs> dumpster fires in this trilogy because Sharadov said, listen, three and I'm out. Mm-hmm. I am not subjecting myself to this bullshit all over again. He fucked off. I have off. to go put a paper bag on my head. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> then this, and then he went into a nymphomaniac after this. <laughs> the year after. Wow. <laughs> okay, I've done way too much mainstream cinema. Find the more, most art house. Well, last frontier, I am on, dude. I don't even know what I'm going to do in the movie. I am on. Oh, next week, we're discussing last frontier, is it? Oh, my we, God. No, no, no. <laughs> we're not there yet. Oh, nymphomaniac. Yeah, he's a big part. And he has a weird... He's South African nymphomaniac, but okay. Never mind. They decided to recast the film and they, they said, okay, we should hire a bona fide star. So around this time, Michael Bay puts out Pain and Gain, which is kind of a, a black comedy. It's funny. It has its own. There's something about the movie that's actually quite amusing. And it's, it's, a, it's an okay watch. It's not like an exceptional film. It's got all the Michael Bayisms. It's based on a true story of two bodybuilders who tried to blackmail a guy, uh, extract money out of a guy in the, in the 90s, uh, starring Mark Wahlberg and... Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So I assume basis that relationship, uh, he offered, the studio said, oh, you made a billion dollars, we want one more of this. 
and they brought Mark Wahlberg on for the fourth installment. It's called Transformers: Age of Extinction. Now, the only thing, so this film stars um, two very famous actors. So it stars Nicola uh, Peltz, I'd like to say, um, who's a model, come actress. She was in, she's had a fair share of dumpster fire. She was in Shyamalan's uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender back in the day. Um, and it stars Jack Renner, who went on to make Sing Street, and more recently was in Midsummer. Oh yes, mm. that's very familiar. Mm. So, and it also has T.J. Miller because T.J. Miller was the shiz back in 2014, and he was just a, he was being. I think he was a year away from being cast as Bachman, right? So, um, what? No, I think you already Bachman. It was already Bachman in 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So he was, he, he was also his star was also on the rise. I, I've never had like extreme reactions to the three Shyam or Transformers films. I thought, I've more or less been like, oh my god, this is this is a stupid film. This is a stupid film. This is a stupid film. This one I didn't even go to watch in the theater. I watched it at home, and I it pissed me off. Like I have visceral hatred for this movie. and it begins very early so mark wahlberg is an inventor cuz he likes to invent things i'm an inventor but nothing works and and james i i don't know if you know about this but there's a joke in this movie so his daughter is a teenager and she is dating somebody much older <laughs> who has the texas statute in his pocket <laughs> Who has a card? So Romeo Juliet thing agreement, which says it's okay. no, no, no. It's it 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 it's a Romeo Juliet law apparently, law. which yeah. states in Texas that if it's some I don't know what the law is, mm-hmm. but if you're again that's the twelve minute video I watched <laughs> going back to it <laughs> talks about the same thing. He's like if you're walking around with with <laughs> that law in your pocket, you are one hundred percent a pedophile. <laughs> That's my <laughs> but the question is why is it in this movie <laughs> Yeah yeah this is a movie about transforming robots why is there a, a goddamn oh, I want to like have sex with minors joking in this stupid film and then <laughs> this movie also made a billion dollars you know why why because halfway through the movie they shift everything to china oh overseas market money and they product placed the shit out of it like you have top chinese talent you have stanley tucci who is who michael bay tries michael bay <laughs> sings his claws into stanley tucci and gets a very michael bayesque performance out of him my god So they shift the entire plot of this movie to China, <laughs> and someone, and I assume someone told Michael Bay, Bud Light are going to give us a lot of money, but they want Mark Wahlberg to drink a Bud Light. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw this in the twelve-minute video, but a truck of Bud Light, and, and oh yeah, Transformers have had a, has a lot of product placement in, in throughout mm. its its franchise. You have it's a product placement franchise, but basically, yeah. Yeah, you have Mountain Dew, you have like. so many things but yeah mark uh, a, a truck of bud light crashes into um traffic and my and someone's trying to like get into a car and mark was was like want you want to fuck with me or something along those lines takes a, a bottle of bud light pops it against the door and then chugs it and smashes it down 
for no apparent reason. He's just there. He's there to make a point. So this is. And then I, he's going to continue driving. Yeah, and then he goes jumps into the car and drives. Awesome. Good lesson. Good. Mark Wahlberg approves. So in terms of like, I think the worst oh, Mark yes. Wahlberg performance is behind him because with with the happening which came out, where I I think I think he is. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, right? Which is really sad, given that he was Oscar nominated the year before. So the happening is sandwiched between the fighter, where he's really good, and the departed, where he's really good. <laughs> and then there's this. <laughs> Even a broken clock tells the time correctly twice. So <laughs> this movie makes a billion dollars, and I'm like. Wow! There's oh yeah, there are dinobots in this. <laughs> There's like oh, we have to see Optimus riding a dinosaur. So let's put dinobots in this. Oh, Optimus is riding a dinosaur and running <laughs> in the final act of the movie. My God, dude! I have heard everything in the last <laughs> one hour. Oh, you haven't heard everything <laughs> because the movie after this is an Arthurian legend. <laughs> I saw a a brief two second clip of Autobots raising their swords. Yes, up in the so, air. So I feel <laughs> I was like, oh, this is satire. Cool. <laughs> Somebody's made this video. So the last night, which is the last of the Michael Bay films, thankfully, is an Arthurian tale. It tells us so the Autobots apparently were around at the time of <laughs> King Arthur. And when the fuck did Cybertron explode? <laughs> Who are these bums that have been on our planet for centuries doing nothing? Fucking taking around doing nothing. I assume there was a story about a sword that would summon a dragon because there is a dragon in this opening sequence. Oh. <laughs> no, but here's the here, but here's the kick. It's a it's a it's a it's a transforming dragon. At this point, Hasbro is like last movie. Bring all the toys that you want to sell. Two two minutes, fada fad. Take out, nikalo, dikhao, nikalo, pass. So okay, I will give it this much. When I watched the beginning, I was like, oh okay, this is this is generally different. This is not what I expected this movie to go. And then they're like, Merlin has a staff and some nonsense. Merlin is played by Stanley Tucci, okay, who has Michael Bay humor. And right there, you're like, oh, that's the point in the movie where you check out. And okay. Do you know who else is in this film? I, I'm scared to guess. <laughs> Think of okay. I'll give you a clue. Let's play like let's let's make this a little more interactive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think of top English tier talent. Maybe the top three English Patrick actors. Patrick Stewart. Okay, another one. Ian McKellen. No, another one. Oscar winner. Daniel Day Lewis. No, no, no. Oh my God. Oh God. Okay, now that one. Okay, Oscar uh, winner. No, like young, old, what? Old, old. He was in Mission Impossible Two. On Max von Sydow. He's not there in Mission no, Impossible Two. No, no. And he's not British either. Who? Who? I'm forgetting. Okay, he's one. He's, you know, the big five Oscar wins, right? Hmm. His film has won one of the big five. Has won the big fight. I don't know. I am bulbing, dude. So this film, okay, for some reason, has Anthony Hopkins. (laughs) 
Which is oh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, the big fight. Silence of the Lambs. Anthony Hopkins is some transformer <laughs> scholar. Transformer scholar. I mean, he's a scholar of Transformers. He just he's been following the Witwicky history. There's like a Shia LaBeouf cameo in this, which is just a picture of him in the line of Witwickys. Okay. <laughs> so apparently, um, no. hmm. so apparently, only uh, the so this last night is has to be a descendant of Merlin, and a descendant of Merlin is uh, Laura Haddock, who's in this film. It's part of her family. But Mark Wahlberg is given some sort of like a a bracelet that holds on to that latches on to him. Oh yeah, how can I forget? Before this is the movie where Optimus Prime turns evil. Okay, <laughs> Optimus Prime is manipulated into being evil by some uh, female Autobot. No, uh, some female Transformer because plot, I guess. So Optimus Prime is the big bad, and they have to uh, find him and. and like and fight him or something but yeah um and then turns out the bracelet is the sword so which comes the to the sword him. was inside you all along and there's a submarine transformer there's there's this cogman dude who is obviously a the guy who plays the head of the servants in in downton abbey he voices them i don't know i i both of them are watched at home because i could not bring myself to go to the theater and i think by the time the fifth one hit audiences also were like okay this is a bit much and that's what it made a lot less money than it was projected to and that's what ultimately killed the franchise now michael bay has decided to not go back to it the world is better for it it's much better much much better i i have no words i mean if if you want to close it out i i'm i'm done <laughs> I have heard a lot of things that I need to digest. <laughs> I still can't believe I said the words energy energy on the harvest of Petra city. Yeah. It's just shit so our humanity <laughs> the human experience in general in these set of movies. Uh, I mean, there's some fun to be had with them because you, they're not pretending to be anything else. The one issue I have with Zack Snyder is no, no. Uh, what I mean is he's breaking down all of the great things humanity as a civilization has done. Petra primes pyramid. <laughs> it, it's an energy on whatever the fuck it is. And moon landing, fuck moon landing. They went to go search for Decepticons. Like everything humanity did was centered or aided by uh, oh, Cybertronians. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> communist side that way i'm saying he's kind of shitting on everything that humanity has done but i'm okay again i am <laughs> i guess that brings the end to our michael bay episode i'm going to like this was a really literally f- started out with a bang it's ending with a whimper <laughs> my god okay we need to have like a, a an optimus prime style ending for this episode If this episode has taught us anything, it's that if you have an, a dumb enough director who just believes in his vision and has the balls to follow it through, anything is possible. I am Abhin Shetty, and I deliver this message to you. Please don't watch these movies. Actually, do if you want to. It's a free world. Whatever, whatever's your choice. 
Rohit wants to stab me through the laptop, so I want to stop talking. <laughs> that brings an end to this week's episode. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.